campus of Reichman University. The Power of Mind, your guide to motivation, lifestyle, and mindfulness. With Yam Cohen. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Power of Mind podcast on Audioversity. I'm your host, Yam Cohen here, and today's episode is about really understanding and internalizing the essence of happiness and its true meaning. Later, we'll be speaking with our very special guest, Bacheva, who teaches young women all around Israel and inspires them to become better versions of themselves. And she'll share with us some lovely insight based on her learning, knowledge, and experiences. Happiness is everything in life. It's not a destination, it's a state of mind. Life is beautiful. It is sometimes a roller coaster of emotions and things get hard at times, but that's the beauty of it, being able to pick yourself back up when you're down. Anxiety puts you in a place where you create a fictional worst case scenario in your brain and you feel those feelings so deeply as if it's real. So you're putting yourself mentally through a tragedy. And if you were just present and in the moment, you would feel totally fine. This goes with using your five senses to be present and in the moment. The key to embodying mindfulness is to actually use your five senses. Sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. It can help you get in contact and in touch with the world around you and really take it in and realize that there's so much to be grateful for right here and right now. Happiness comes with being present, first of all, but it also comes by being genuine and authentic and not feeling the need to fake anything. Just do and say what feels right to you. Just be yourself. Do what you feel. Don't force anything. Don't try to impress others and make yourself happy. People see you the way you see yourself. Happiness comes with confidence and not seeking approval. If you give off positive and happy energy, it'll come back to you. And if you give off negative energy, you'll attract more negativity into your life because energy is magnetic. Radiating positive energy will naturally keep you away from negative energy because it doesn't align. So a practical way to become happier is to smile more and show gratitude. Be grateful for what you have and know that it can always be worse and you can appreciate your blessings because you're given so much. We all are. So just a little personal story. When I was in high school, I didn't know how to smile with my teeth. I just I kind of would always smile, you know, without my teeth. I would smile with my lips. And I remember in 12th grade, graduation pictures were around the corner. And they said, like, you have to smile with teeth. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't really know how to do that. (laughs) So uh so then I spoke to my friend and I was like what do I do like I don't know how to smile with teeth and she's like what do you mean you don't know how to smile with teeth and I'm like I don't I smile like with my mouth closed and she was like okay I have a good idea and I was like what and she was like okay every morning for the next two weeks smile like force yourself to smile with teeth for two minutes And slowly, over time, you'll get used to it and your smile will become more natural. And I was like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. She was like, just do it. And I was like, fine. So I did. And at first it felt super unnatural. But then by like day three or four, it already felt like normal. And my my smile felt more natural. And not only did it feel more natural, but I also became happier. And I became more positive. And instead of noticing negative things in the morning and being moody or cranky or whatever, I would just 
become happier, which I was like, how on earth is a smile that powerful? So just a little key to being becoming more happy, the easiest thing ever is literally just to smile more, even if it feels a little forced at first, it pays off in the long run. So now I'm going to bring in today's guest, and I thought, who better to bring in to speak with us about happiness than an inspirational woman who radiates happiness and teaches a beautiful way of life while leading by example? Hello. Hi. So a warm welcome to Bacheva, a motivational and inspirational speaker who I actually got to know pretty well over the past year through her incredible teachings. And hopefully she can share with us her little secret on achieving happiness. So Bacheva, what is happiness to you and how should we all achieve and maintain happiness through the good times and the bad times? Okay, this is a really hard question. This question, on the one hand, is really hard to answer since what makes each person happy can differ from person to person depending on their likes, their values, their sense of purpose, their opinions, etc. But on the other hand, maybe we can establish a set of rules of what is likely to make most people happy and how, to the best of our ability, to achieve a real true sense of happiness. Now, I believe, and I've said this many times, I believe that happiness is not a smile on your face. It's not a laugh. It's not necessarily exuberance flowing out of a person. Happiness is something that must, must be rooted from deep within. It's something that comes from the inside. It's what I like to call a smile that comes from within. Now, the challenge is how do we create that smile, that smile of whether or not you're smiling on the outside, those around you can have a very strong sense of if you're a happy person or not. So I think two key starting points here are, the first one is alignment, meaning what you have to align is making sure that we are honest with ourselves about who we are. We really see ourselves for who we are, for what our strengths are, what our drawbacks are, what we believe our potential is, what our va- where our values lie, and we have to align that with what we want and believe we can accomplish using those very same set of strengths and drawbacks, using what we have and what we're made of to reach our set goals, the small ones, the everyday ones, and the big ones, the life goals. So the first one is really that alignment with seeing who we are and then with seeing who we are, using that to set goals for ourselves. The second thing is now that you've set goals for yourselves is taking action. Realizing that, uh, realizing what your values are and what your potential is has to come hand in hand with putting ourselves into action. We need to be active and productive, whether that's done through uh, making to-do lists and going through them one by one. One needs to forge their own path, to have a vision of how to go about it in order to accomplish those things we value, those things we set out for ourselves. We need to be having constant impact on our own lives and not the way the not the other way around of letting life come at us without being prepared. Now, what about as you said, what about when we're not being successful at being who we believe we should be, unable to accomplish what we're setting out to do? Now that's a time generally for reevaluation, for revisiting our goals, being flexible and willing to alter what may need to be readjusted, realizing that we're always on a road under construction. We are always, always on that road under construction, but to keep moving forward and happiness can and should be felt along the way with even without reaching the end goal yet. 
Now, which leads me to the next part of the question that you mm-hmm. just asked me, Yam, of how to maintain happiness through good times and bad times. That is a serious challenge. Now, in trying to achieve goals and dreams, however big or small they are, we are always faced with setbacks, with challenges, and frankly, sometimes just straight-out nightmares. Now, what do we do with that? How can we truly be happy while dealing with these very difficult issues? Now, I think as, as cliche as it sounds, the answer is perspective. In my own experience so far in my own life, maintaining perspective is the only way to get through hard times and to have any chance at truly keeping a healthy sense of happiness. Now, what perspective? So, really, I would just share two quick things that we need to understand that we do not have control over the action, meaning something that happened to us, something acted upon us. The only thing that we have control over is our reaction to it. We're not always in control, and that right there is a really big one. If we think that we can control every step of the way, that there'll be no curveballs because I didn't plan for it or it's not fair, I can't believe that just happened, which is something that we all naturally feel some more than others and some more often than others. And if we wallow in those thoughts and feelings, it will be extremely hard to get through them. Understanding and truly internalizing the fact that we don't have control and we have to relinquish that control Uh, But what we can control is our reaction, and that reaction sets the tone for whatever happens next. So we have to be very, very careful with what is in our control and make sure we think very carefully and wisely before reacting. Letting just our heart run the show and make our decisions is not recommended to say the least. And the head, the rational part of us, the thought-out part of us, has to lead the way while fully recognizing what's in our heart. Again, a lot easier said than done, but it's all a matter of training ourselves from the smallest matters to the very big ones. I'll just give you a really quick example. A husband, not mine, once (laughs) shared with me that in the beginning of his marriage, he faced the following situation, that his wife got really upset at something the husband did and proceeded to give him the silent treatment for the next few days. With each passing day, her anger just grew and grew, and she just couldn't hold it in anymore. After a few days, she absolutely erupted and had a total blowout with him, screaming at her husband for what he did and how he hasn't even tried to work it out after clearly seeing that she wasn't even talking to him for a few days because of it. Now, the husband initially responded by saying, wow, I had no idea you were upset and that you weren't talking to me. (laughs) To which the wife blew up even more. How could you not even realize that I wasn't talking to you? What kind of man did I marry? Now, the husband then shared with me that he realized in an instant that he had two choices. He could either respond exactly how he felt emotionally and blow up right back at her saying, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you tell me right away? Why did you let it sit and fester? What do you expect me to read your mind? Dangerous things to save your wife, by the way. (laughs) But instead he said, I realized that how I responded in that moment would determine what would become of our marriage. And he said, wow. I decided to apologize, that I made her feel that way, that that's the last thing he ever wanted to do is make her feel hurt in any way, that she means the world to him. Now, which one do you think worked better, would work better? Thank God he was smart and he used his head. He added on, by the way, that he made a request that going forward, whenever she's upset, not to assume that he would realize, just please, please say something. <laughs> now, that couple has now been married for over 50 years and wow. very happily, too. <laughs> Wow. We can't always, bottom line is, we can't always control what comes at us, difficulties, hard times, challenges, but we can control ourselves, our own reactions, and through doing that, we can maintain our sense of self, meaning not completely losing ourselves in it, 
being able to recover and maintain our sense of happiness. Wow, Bacheva, that was like you could not have covered every point better. <laughs> like that was such a <laughs> great answer, Mamash. So um, my next question is, what is Judaism's approach to happiness? Okay, so that's a really, really big question. And, and I can't fully encapsulate, you know, an answer in short. But what I can do is I would just quote one of the proverbs that we have from one of our books, Pirkei Avot, Ethics of Our Fathers. But there's that one proverb that says, who is considered rich, one who is happy with his lot, with what he has. Mm -hmm. Meaning the person who's happy is the person who's happy with what he has. Physical means do not determine our happiness. How much money we have does not shape our happiness, and it really shouldn't. It works the other way around in Judaism. We make it into a choice. We get to choose to be happy no matter what we have or don't have. We choose every day to be happy with what is presently in our lives. Now, there's a, there's a lot more to it, but I think that encapsulates it very nicely. No, yeah, you're, you're so right. If you think about it, even like in the modern world, people like look for happiness in physical things, and they're like, oh, I'll be happy when I have a Ferrari, or I'll be happy when I'm able to buy this house, and that's just not how happiness works. You know, you, I know, you should it's, be happy like where you are and in the process and, you know, doing what you love it shouldn't be dependent on some physical external like future reality 100%. yeah 100 percent. okay so for our last question how can someone do their part in tikkun olam and make other people happy so that we can all you know pitch in and make this world a better place to be in i love that question i really love it because i think it's it's our collective purpose yeah part sure. of being involved in tikkun olam or I guess how I would translate it is mending the world is not just taking personal responsibility for our lives, but taking a collective responsibility too. Meaning if someone else is suffering, that suffering belongs to me as well. If someone else is suffering, we may not sit by and watch them suffer. We must, must, it's imperative, we must try and help. If someone's having a difficult time, we must use our resources to help that person get back up. It's not upon us to accomplish success and happiness for them, but it is our responsibility to help them achieve that for themselves. Mm -hmm. Now, Judaism does not believe in each man for himself. In fact, we see that as a true way to effectively destroy our world. Even in some of the most personal moments in our lives, we are expected to share it, in a sense, with others. For example, I always think about this. Think about the ideal way to pray, right, to Daven. Mm -hmm. If you would ask me what's the perfect prayer or setting for prayer, I would say, my own personal opinion, I would want to be at the beach, standing at the shoreline, <laughs> at sunrise, watching the literal beginning to a new day come into being, feeling that inspiration and praying fervently while feeling all those emotions. But... Judaism tells us something different. You know what the actual ideal form of prayer is? It's standing in a group of people. It's standing in a minyan with a group of at least ten. No person should ideally be standing and praying on their own. We are not meant to be alone at the risk of becoming lonely. We're meant to feel the presence of others, to be felt and seen by other people, to be able to to maintain our sense of individual self, having our own individual powerful prayers, some of which nobody else may be saying, 
while being surrounded by a powerful support system. Raising each other up by our mere presence, by joining together in a powerful act, by being grateful together, by asking for things together, we have a built-in responsibility as tikkun olam to help each other, to be there for each other, to make sure that no one feels abandoned or neglected. Now, that's probably one of the most effective ways to ensure that those around us can feel a sense of togetherness, of shared experiences, and essentially what it comes down to is happiness, because ultimately we can accomplish a lot more together than we can on our own. So we have to make it our business to feel responsible for each other, to lift each other up when we're down, to celebrate together in times of joy, and that's already a better world to be in, and only we can make that happen. No, 100%. I really think that like everyone has their way to make someone happy you know whether some someone could be a really good baker and you know make cakes for their neighbors or someone could just be really good at talking to someone and just really bring them up emotionally so i think everyone can kind of have their part in you know helping others absolutely i think that that's key what you're saying everybody has a different specialty that's why the world is made up of different specialties not everybody even within the same specialty has the same thing to offer so getting to know ourselves what we have to offer I think is really key because then we could be there for ourselves and we could be there for each other as well. And I think that's a true sense of happiness. Bacheva, thank you so, so, so much. It was really, really amazing. My Um, pleasure, Yam. And your insight was, wow, incredible. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye. So for our fun fact today, a good hearty laugh relieves physical tension and stress, leaving your muscles relaxed for up to 45 minutes later. Laughter boosts the immune system. It decreases stress hormones and increases immune cells and infection-fighting antibodies, which improves your resistance to disease. And there's evidence that forcing a laugh and smile at first will later become natural, and it will be a boost in your mood and happiness level. Today's quote of the day is that happiness is not a destination. It's a state of mind. So to sum up, it's not about I'll be happy, you know, when I drive the Lamborghini and when this is good or when that's good. It's about being happy now, tomorrow, and forever because no moment will ever be perfect. There's not, you shouldn't wait for a moment to be perfect, but every moment is beautiful and you can be grateful and appreciative of every second and there's always a reason to be happy. So today's fix of the day is to only say positive things out loud. Trust me guys, I've done this, I've tried this. It is the best, most life-changing thing ever. If you stop saying the little things like, oh my god, the weather's bad or ugh, my hair is messy today or this food isn't the best or whatever. Just these little negative comments are so unnecessary. If you wipe them out and instead when you think, when you're about to say something negative, when you're about to say the weather's bad today, say, I love this coffee. It's so delicious. You know, just think of something positive that you can say and say it and you will become more optimistic if you start only saying positive things out loud you'll consciously notice your negative thoughts going away and you'll avoid speaking about them and once this becomes a habit you'll literally stop having these negative thoughts as frequently because you get used to saying only positive things out loud and lastly smile more guys so thank you so so much for tuning into today's episode of the power of mind podcast on audioversity a big thank you to our special guest speaker Batsheva for her insightful advice and I'm Yam Cohen here I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and hope you join us next time for another way of how we can use the power of our minds.
The Power of Mind, your guide to motivation, lifestyle, and mindfulness. With Yam Cohen. All our shows and podcasts available online on our website and on all podcast platforms. Search Audioversity. Call